Welcome to Crime Crazy, the weekly true crime podcast with Aaron Pline and Diana Seacon and Ashley Foster. Woohoo! Where we prove that we know nothing about our legal system and other things. <laughs> So, different format. Diana's, like, going to grab the microphone. Slightly different format. We have a special guest today. Oh, that's my cue. We, we are both looking at her expectantly. <laughs> like, she might know what she would like to say next. Perhaps. What, what do I say? What should I say? <laughs> Hi, everyone. It's my first time. Be gentle. Long, long time listener, first time guest on podcast? Yes. 100% first time. Okay, so we are doing a very special episode. No, don't look at my I notes. Know, I see the, you. No, no. Diana has printed our logo on each page of her printed and bound notes in her labeled notebook. It has a, sti- a tab that says this week. There are photos. <laughs> oh my god okay there are links she's got a whole references section in the middle of this story this is the one that she just has prepared on the fly i just saw a glimpse of that mugshot, and i'm already excited <laughs> i don't know where this is going but i love it so as i was saying <laughs> this is a very special episode because it is our first episode where both Aaron and I live in Minnesota. Woo! Yay! I may still be slightly in a state of shock. <laughs> I'm not sure what I've done. It's going to get cold. <laughs> not for a good two, three weeks. Two weeks, yeah. <laughs> you got till about Saturday. We so. know. <laughs> right. Right about the time I get home. So we are recording from Aaron's new house in the uh, western suburbs of Minneapolis. I don't know if you want to actually say the town or not. I guess I don't care. We always say yours. I guess, yeah, everybody knows where I live now. Uh, we are in beautiful Plymouth, Minnesota. Woo-hoo! And uh, so I actually wanted to talk a little bit about Plymouth, Minnesota today. I don't, I don't know if I like where this is going, Diana. I. <laughs> um, is that what's in your notebook? Is is Plymouth? Yeah. Oh, great. I'm going to find out about... She was ready. Like, my neighbor or something. (laughs) (laughs) So, since I knew we were going to be recording while Ashley's here, and uh, recording very soon after you moved to to our fair city, I, I wanted to find a story to tell about Plymouth. Unfortunately, Plymouth is stupidly safe. There, yes, <laughs> there is there is nothing that goes on here. So let me give you some fun facts about your new hometown. Plymouth, Minnesota has a population a little over 77,000 people, which is really big. I had no idea it was that. Yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> it's really big. So Roseville, where I live, has about 35,000 people. Wow. Oh, yeah. Um, R- Plymouth, Minnesota is safer than 51% of 
all United States cities, which when you hear the next few facts makes me think that number is wrong. I have to stop you for a second because I have a question. A minute ago, you said, do you want to tell people where you are? But you prepared an entire page of facts (laughs) about what if I had said, you know what? I really don't. Then what would we have done on this episode? I would have tried really hard not to say Plymouth. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There are only, ooh, let's throw this out to the audience. How many registered sex offenders do you think there are in Plymouth, Minnesota? 136. No. 42. No. Three? Closer. If this were if this were prices, I won. Price is right, you would have totally won. I five. Won. Oh, damn! I there really are, won. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. There I'm are on the five showcase. registered sex offenders living in Plymouth. Five. Why? No, I said like, five because they gotta live somewhere. <laughs> in disbelief. Oh yeah, no. Um, the annual number of crimes uh, average is one thousand and eighty-one, forty-eight of which are violent. The other one th- the other thousands are just snowmobile theft or <laughs> <laughs> only between the winter kind months. of like, property crimes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> moose poaching. What do you have here, moose? What do you have? No, no, we don't. Not in the city. What? The- <laughs> <laughs> Those are up north. Oh damn! All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. We Snow have- means moose to me. I don't know why. We have go turkeys. Ahead. Oh. Yeah, we've got wild turkeys. Bless their hearts. That's what my landlord said. <laughs> I was like, okay, so what animals am I going to see here? Because he was talking about the chipmunks in the shed. And I was like, so are, are there deer? Like, we always had deer in our yard. Like, yeah, there are deer. It's like, um, what about bears? <laughs> he was like, no, not in the city. He goes, we have turkeys. Like, apparently that's all they've got here. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but on the passenger side door on my car, there are peck marks because <laughs> those turkeys are fuckers <laughs> i mean they're relatively safe although i did see one of them chase a small child down the sidewalk once. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and they pecked my car but they're probably bad eating so you know okay so your chances of becoming a victim of violent crime in plymouth is one in 1,609. So one per turkey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You have a human to turkey. A human to turkey ratio. By a turkey. <laughs> is that violent? I suppose that would be violent that crime, would be isn't horrific. it? They pegged your car. Like, they have no But that's limits. property crime. Which they, is what pecked my car. <laughs> if they had pecked my person, or if we were reporting on that small child who was getting cheesed exactly. by the turkey, exactly. then that's violent crime. Because <laughs> that turkey was like the size of that kid. They're fucking big. <laughs> they are much bigger than you think they are going to be. <laughs> okay, so anyway, so your chances of being a victim of, of violent crime in Plymouth are, are 1 in 1,609 in comparison, your chances of being a victim of violent crime in Minnesota are 1 in 412. Your chances of being a victim of violent crime in the United States as a whole is 1 in 250. Cool. Oh, wow. Your chances of being a victim of property, cl- property crime in Plymouth is 1 in 75 compared to one in 47 in Minnesota and one in 40 in the U.S. So some of the crimes I was able to find in Plymouth 
You ready? There were some grass fires where arson was suspected. <laughs> I don't know why I laughed. <laughs> I think I was still thinking about the turkeys. <laughs> they have little matches and they're like, we're getting fuck you guys. Oh, can you cuss on here? Yes. Okay. <laughs> have we met? Fuck you guys. <laughs> That's my turkey voice. Some kids were firing some things at cars. There were several cases of vandalism in city parks. And a guy in a van asked a kid to get into the van, but the kid didn't. (laughs) Well. So I guess you're not going to end up on next week's episode. All right. Well, that is our one rule. (laughs) But Diana, I'm just really concerned about whether or not you're going to work out on this podcast because I feel a little bit. I don't work out in general. (laughs) (laughs) I feel a little bit like um, every time you talk, I learn something. Oh, shit. It's a major tenant of this entire show is we don't do that. How about if I just tell you a good story instead? Yes. Yes, go. All right. We have a new friend. His name is John David Martinez. If he is this dude, we are not friends. (laughs) (laughs) Only for as long as it takes to tell me the story, because it's a pretty good one. Okay. So John David Martinez is uh, 68 years old. He had been having kind of a rough time. Yes. (laughs) Mugshot is quite rough. As is evident from his Rasputin-like mugshot. Rasputin. <laughs> uh, he and his wife, Layla, were in pretty serious debt. They had been evicted from their home. They were living in a Ramada Inn in Denver, Colorado. Where did you get access to my biography? I'm confused. <laughs> Never mind. I whatever I was going to say. Here, you just I take this I don't back. understand how you <laughs> know me so well. What the you know, when I was looking at this and I was like, they were living in a Ramada Inn. I'm like, that's got to be like 70 bucks a night. That's, <laughs> that's not low living. That's no, really like, up there. This is in the Motel 6. Yeah, like somebody else is washing their sheets. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I think that is for a different podcast. <laughs> so on uh, Tuesday, July 22nd, 2014... While his wife was still sleeping at aforementioned Ramada Inn, John got up, uh, left his wife sleeping, went to the Wells Fargo Bank on West 38th Street, right when it opened. That was his first mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Good Lord, Wells Fargo. (laughs) I don't don't truck with Wells Fargo. Uh, So he went over right right when it opened. First thing in the morning, getting shit done right away, right? (laughs) Go get her. G-S-D. So a female teller greeted him, to which he replied, this is a robbery. I'd like to have the money. (laughs) Oh, how polite. (laughs) From Minnesota? (laughs) That is unknown. (laughs) (laughs) He handed the teller a, a zipper bag, like one of those... Like, we've all worked retail, right? The money, the bag, you put the money in. A little pouch. pouch. So she filled it up with cash, and then he instructed her to give it to the next teller. And she also filled it with cash, and then he said, that's enough. Oh, 
<laughs> he doesn't want to be greedy. He wasn't excessive. No. Right. No, just a little bit. Where's the crime here? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? So he then went back out to his car, drove back to the Ramada Inn, and here's the part out of this whole story I cannot figure out. He left all the money in the car. That is just irresponsible. Right? What the hell? Doesn't he know there are criminals out there? (laughs) Is this man who just robbed a bank unaware that there are criminals out there? I mean, someone could steal his money. Like, what's right? When you leave that stuff in the car, like somebody's gonna. Did he lock it? Was there an alarm system? Did he hide it under the seat? Anything? Anyway, he went back inside and he told his wife that he'd borrowed some money, not that he'd robbed a bank, but did decide to stay in the hotel room for the rest of the day. (laughs) Of course. I mean, they have cable. Yeah. So it took Denver police less than five hours to track down John David Martinez. How? How is it that it took them less than five five hours? I feel like five hours is a long time. Wait a minute. They don't know who he is, right? Because he didn't introduce himself. So they have like, I don't know, video or a description. Yeah, I guess. Or, hmm. And then they have to find him at the Ramada Inn. That's- <laughs> There's a lot of those. Yeah. Okay, well, it's also see. not I his see. address. Yeah, I um how 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 is this? Oh, that's okay. What what's the twist? What are we doing? First of all, he drove a silver Honda Accord to rob the bank. This was his car. It was registered in his name. Oh. From this, since there were closed caption television <laughs> on the parking lot of the Wells Fargo, what with it being a bank and all. the police were able to pull driver's license pictures and they showed them to the tellers so they had his picture and then uh, some dummy pictures and both of the tellers identified his driver's license pictures the guy who'd been in to rob the bank they also had some stills from the cctv that they could compare to that driver's license photo i mean from what i can see it doesn't seem like he would be easy to mix up with anybody (laughs) True. <laughs> but there's more. <laughs> oh, no. He was also wearing oh. a black t-shirt. Classic. With his name on it. Oh. p.m. Denver police located the silver Honda Accord registered to this guy uh, at the Ramada Inn and the motel manager told police that John and his wife were located in room 142. What a snitch. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Guess I'm not going to get it up to any nefarious shit when I'm out of town. They're going to turn right over on me. Uh, So police and FBI agents went up to the room and arrested him. So while he's being transported to the FBI Rocky Mountain Safe Streets Task Force headquarters. I don't think I could. 
the detective that was driving received a call from his supervisor on his cell phone. And because he was driving, he answered with a hands-free feature. But he's got, like, this dude in the back. So his supervisor calls and he says to his supervisor, like, hey, I'm driving. I'm using the hands-free. I'm going to call you back when, like, I'm not on speakerphone with the suspect in the back of my car. (laughs) And so he hangs up. And then John said to the detective that was driving, oh, he probably wants to tell you that he found the money. And the detective said he was confused. And he he looked back at John in the back seat. And John said that I took from the bank this morning. Oh, my God. (laughs) What? What did they Wait. pick him up for? Yeah, like was this a surprise or is this just a spontaneous confession? Well, they they hadn't found the money yet. He didn't he didn't think because it was in the car. Remember? Right. Okay. So no, he like he he was on board with telling them what he did. <laughs> they went to this this task force headquarters. He totally waived his right to remain silent. He was booked into a Denver jail and was charged with felony robbery involving twenty thousand dollars or more. Uh, Also, he's got some priors. Uh, According to the Colorado Bureau of Investigation, he was previously arrested for assault with a deadly weapon, forgery, criminal impersonation, DUI hit and run, and resisting arrest. And Sense has found his chill, apparently. Yeah, like... I was not able to find out whether or not he was convicted or where he ended up, but I'm going to go ahead and guess prison. I feel like that's a pretty good bet, also, if you hadn't read that list of priors, I might have been a little sad about that. Yeah, I was really sad. <laughs> kind of sweet. <laughs> I want to know more about felony impersonation. Right? Well, that was the time that he walked into the bank and he was like, I'm Joe. <laughs> Give me all of your money, please. <laughs> I would like the money, please. <laughs> So I couldn't come up with a good Plymouth true crime story, but I'm hoping that this, this like heals that wound a little bit. Well, it, it certainly does. Also based on the, the several chapters of the Minnesotan survival guides that you have given me, (laughs) I'm fairly certain he fits right in. You betcha. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We don't all sound like we're from Fargo. Unfortunately. I told you, that is an Iron Range accent. you got to go up north for that. Or Goldie's Locker Room in the, where was that place? Ridgedale? Ridgedale. In the Ridgedale Mall. Ridgedale Check them Mall out. in Minnetonka, Minnesota. One of the Dales here in the Twin Cities. <laughs> Fun fact for you, new Twin Cities resident. Southdale Mall in Edina, my hometown. The very first indoor mall in the world. I mean, it would have to be. <laughs> Only built in the 50s. Well, no, but I mean, it would have to be indoors. Well, I guess until then, they weren't. It, what's an outdoor, an outlet? What's an outdoor mall? Like one that's not enclosed. I suppose like a, like a strip yeah, mall what, or like outlet. What about weather? Are we not concerned here? So like short pump? What? what? Short pump? You never go up to short pump? I know. I've heard of that. Oh, it's an outdoor mall. Is that Richmond? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, like, yeah, it's up in Richmond. Yeah, I've heard of it's that. in Richmond. It's not porn, Diana. Just calm down. Yeah, calm. You're just sitting like, way close Jets, on Diana. this couch to be talking about porn. <laughs> your dog is snuggled way up to me. Like there is not a lot of room on this couch. 
All right. So we will be back in... An undisclosed amount of time. <laughs> from an undisclosed location. <laughs> also true. <laughs> <laughs> With a full episode of Crime Crazy. Um, so if you would, if you have enjoyed this, please rate and review us on iTunes. That helps new listeners find us. Um, also, we have lots of wonderful listeners, but so few reviews. So please do leave us a review. Um, if you even kind of like us, that'd be cool. Um, we do give shout outs. If you don't like us, just, you know, do something else for a little while. Yeah, you know, scrolling by. Uh, oh, we do give shout outs to all reviews, even when they are not five stars. Although we, we enjoy the five stars. They make very, us very much. They make us feel all happy inside. Please uh, join our Facebook group. That's starting to get pretty active and awesome. Yes. Follow us on Twitter at Crime Crazy Pod. Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at Crime Crazy Pod. You can email us at Crime Crazy Podcast at gmail.com. You can support us on Patreon. Um, Only awesome people do that. So. I'm a supporter on Patreon. And awesome people do that. So. (laughs) (laughs) I am also a supporter on Patreon. (laughs) That seems a little redundant. The same. (laughs) Uh, So you can find us on Patreon if you search for Crime Crazy. Um, We have got some exciting stuff that we would like to do. We have some um, guest stars that I just realized I have forgotten to tell Erin about. (laughs) Uh, so we've got some cool stuff coming up for you, but some of the things that we are doing with Patreon, uh, we need to upgrade our equipment so that we can bring you more guest appearances. So that you don't have to wait while Diana and I pass one microphone back and forth. <laughs> yes, that too. <laughs> um, also, if you would like to follow us on social media, I am at Diana underscore Secon on Twitter. And I have the other impossible to spell last name. <laughs> I am at Erin Plyme on Twitter. And I promise that I will tweet more than once in four years. I might occasionally log out of the Crime ca- Crazy account long enough to check my own Twitter <laughs> I went through such a rigmarole to get back into my Twitter. It... <laughs> I am pretty sure that, like, I have gotten into my bank account with less fuss than I was able to get into my own Twitter <laughs> account. <clears throat> and then I deleted all my old tweets because they sucked. Oh, you had something to hide? I mean, it was mostly like, I work here, so should you. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was super lame. But then I posted something about my kid throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> That's the story you were just telling us in the other room. (laughs) Ashley, do you need any followers on any social media? You want to? Ashley doesn't like technology. Mm, I live off the grid. (laughs) (laughs) Do do you live like in a cabin in the woods off the grid? Ramada Inn off the grid. (laughs) Don't talk to the desk clerk. (laughs) You're paying cash, right? So follow us on all the social medias, join the conversation on our Facebook group, and we will see you in a week or so. Until then. Ashley, do you have any advice for anyone that you would like to give them before we leave? She is staring blankly at us like, there's probably a right answer to this. 
Yeah, I can't think of anything. Anything. Because it's such common sense. She doesn't feel it even needs to be said. No. But whatever you do, don't end up on next week's episode. <laughs>